Support for Think Humanities is brought to you by the Spalding University School of Creative and Professional Writing. Think Humanities, a podcast for people who love history, philosophy, culture, literature, civic dialogue, and the arts. Think Humanities from Kentucky Humanities, where we have been telling Kentucky's story for 49 years. Here's your host, Bill Goodman. Welcome to Think Humanities Podcast. Our friend Michael Jonathan makes a return visit to our Think Humanities Podcast. We're delighted to talk with him uh, at this time. Uh, Michael, thanks so much for making the time at, at a at a strange time, but a wonderful time for you and, and all of your accomplishments and the show. And let me just lead in and uh, then I'm going to turn the mic over to you, I promise. The last time uh, was over a year ago, and we had this wonderful, quiet uh, front porch conversation uh, about um, some of the things we'd been through in um, the year before, and then who knew what we would be faced with in uh, 2020, and uh, how everybody from artists to professionals to scholars to everyone has had to to deal with this. And uh, in the midst of all of this, uh, Governor Andy Bashir um, has awarded you with a very prestigious uh, honor, the 2020 Milner Award. And I just want to join uh, throngs of people and fans and supporters and family uh, from around the, the nation the world uh, to say congratulations. Well, Mr. Goodman, thank you very much. And uh, I think the work of Kentucky Humanities is so important, especially during a pandemic, because uh, a lot of times we forget the wonderful things that made our culture so precious when we are in a, in a strange time, and we are now. And for the, uh, for the governor and Secretary Berry and uh, Commissioner Kather and everybody to keep their attention on the arts when everybody else's attention is on survival says a lot about uh, Kentucky's value of what makes our culture, what makes us want to live here. And uh, when, they, when they called me about the Milner Award, <laughs> I, was, I was a little surprised and I said, well, why don't you fellas just think about it for a couple of weeks and call me back? <laughs> and they did. They called me back. And I felt like, you know, there's so many others uh, deserving of this. I mean, this this is the same award they give Wendell Berry and James Still and Gene Ritchie. And and I'm like, well, J.D. Crow is here. You know, Lee Pennington is here. There's a wonderful poet in Louisville, Ron Whited. He's here. The McLean family band is here. Bobby Ann Mason here. Who the heck am I to get a Milner Award? But they, they thought about it, and uh, it, was, it was such a, a wonderful thing that they did. I appreciate it. Well, here's who you are, uh, Michael. Uh, and I'm reading from the press release from the Kentucky Arts Council. Songwriter, poet, author, screenwriter of the Caney Creek motion picture about Alice Lloyd, playwright of the Walden play performed over 9,000 times in 42 countries, composed the traditional opera about your old friend, Woody Guthrie, and community organizer uh, launching the National Association of Front Porch Musicians called Song Farmers with over 75 active chapters nationwide 
And we didn't even mention wood songs and uh, how your success um, with that uh, original production has grown to worldwide attention. So very, very deserving uh, along the list of other notables. You mentioned so many, but um, it, it's an incredible uh, life uh, for you. And, and uh, when you accomplish this much, somebody should pat you on the back. And this is what has happened. Well, you know, it is a, it's not just me. There's, there's a lot of folks that help me out, you know, the, like the Wood Songs crew. They're all volunteers. There's almost 40 of them that uh, help put Wood Songs on every week, you know, and, and uh, I, I take credit for it, but on their behalf, you know, there's, there's so many that, that support the arts. You, for example, you are, you are a champion. You're a, you're the grand gatekeeper of, of Kentucky's story, and there's so many artists that try to tell that, you know. So nobody does it. Nobody does it alone. And sometimes uh, one person gets credit for something, but it, it is accepted on behalf of all those who helped. And so that's how I view it. Um, you know, it's a it's an honor that the Kentucky community is so passionate about things like wood songs, like song farmers, like a, an opera about Woody Guthrie, you know, I mean, only in Kentucky can you do something like the Walden play. I mean, Henry David Thoreau's from Boston, but we couldn't do it there. We did it here in Kentucky and now it's airing all over North America. You know, Kentucky is a, a grand fertile garden of the arts. It's, it's the, it's, I, I, I say that it's the comfortable rocking chair of America's front porch. That's what Kentucky is. Michael, uh, when we talked um, a little bit over a year ago and we were talking about uh, uh, everything that we'd been through the, the, the previous year and, and we talked about uh, how nice it would be and how you were encouraging people to, to sit on the front porch and, and talk to their neighbors, um, uh, not that we can't sit on our front porches socially distancing from our, our neighbors. I mean, that's happening, I'm sure. But just give me a, a, a few ideas, thoughts, feelings uh, about this year, this this 2020 COVID year, the pandemic year, and as it uh, stretches into 2021. What, what, what has gone through your mind in the last uh, six, eight, ten months? Well, that's a really good question. It's insightful and I appreciate you asking. Let me answer it on behalf of so many other artists. This year has decimated most of the arts. A lot of the audience don't realize that. Musicians are on their knees. Songwriters are not getting paid. Bands are breaking up. Venues are collapsing. Concert series are going away permanently. Um, it, it has been brutal for the arts. Galleries are empty. Uh, painters have no way of reaching out. And what has happened to the media, um, especially newspapers, and we need strong newspapers. We desperately do. But what has happened is, is that the, the readership of newspapers have gone way, way down. And it's hard to that, that was that used to be the grand platform of attention. You get a half page feature story in a newspaper. Everybody know you were playing at the local coffee house or that your your art was going to be displayed in a bank or something. Now you get that same half page. Nobody reads it. Nobody knows it's there. And so it's been it's become almost impossible for many artists to reach the audience anymore. And for musicians. 
there are no more record store chains left in America. There's no place to sell their CDs. Most people don't listen to music on CDs. So the financial transaction mechanism has changed. It's collapsed for many artists. And, and, and without that, how do they survive and continue to make music and perform? And it's, it's become hard. And the pandemic has been sort of the final death knell for so many. And it, 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 it hurts. Wood Songs is lucky. It's in a cocoon of its own. The song farmer movement is lucky. It's in a cocoon of its own. I'm in a cocoon of my own. But many artists don't have that. And my heart bleeds for them. And I think it's important for the audience to know that, that the Winston Churchill, during World War II, was asked by a reporter if he was going to remove the arts from the government budget to pay for the war effort. And Churchill looks at the reporter and roars, then what the heck are we fighting for? Hmm. You know, and this is to, to the credit of Governor Bashir and Secretary Berry and, and the Kentucky Arts Council and you and so many others that are keeping the arts alive in some form so that many of these artists can come back if they just hang on long enough. Well, that would be the follow-up uh, discussion. Uh, can they hang on long enough, and will they come back? A lot of them won't. A lot of them won't. A lot of my friends are changing careers. They're frustrated. They're giving up. Um, a lot of their grand plans, you know, they were coming out of 2019, roaring into 2020. They were, they were going to you know, go after Bear. They were getting their audience. They had a new project, a new album, a new book was coming out. And it's like on March 12th, the entire planet hit a brick wall. And, it, you know, myself, I, I took to oil painting. Really? You know, I had to do something creative with this time. And we sold enough oil paintings to be able to pay for the recording of my new album. The album is called The Painter. And it's, it's, a, it's a song cycle about art and, and music and love and family, all the colors on the canvas of life. Michael, it's a, uh, how have you been able to keep your optimism and your thinking uh, about that we will get out of this and, and we, we, we can beat it. And as Governor Bashir has said many times, we'll get through this and we'll get through this together. Do you, down in your heart and soul, do you believe that? Uh, yes, I do. Yes, I do. I, you know, in uh, 2000, uh, in 1917, 1918, uh, millions upon millions of people died worldwide from the Spanish influenza. They didn't have fancy vaccine. Matter of fact, Woodrow Wilson even got it, and his wife had to take over the presidency, and nobody even knew it because Will, President Wilson was so sick. Um, but they didn't have medicine like we do today. They didn't have uh, vaccines and production abilities and distribution abilities. So, you know, the fact that they came out with, you know, now three vaccines in less than a calendar year, we're going to be okay. We'll be all right. And, and things are going to, you know, when they get back to normal, you look back and you start telling stories about it because your life moved on. But I think it has affected the way we appreciate things. I think we're going to appreciate our freedom to move around, our freedom to be with each other. 
um, when people are isolated, not to get religious, but there's a, there's a, a scripture that, that uh, my grandfather used to teach me when I was a kid, that someone who reaches out for their own selfish longing does selfish things. You know, someone who's isolated reaches out for their selfish longing. And, you know, America has been isolated for this past 10, 11 months. And people are getting pretty selfish about what they demand and what they want because they're bored. They're, they're going a little nuts and they're frustrated and they're angry and they want to just release themselves from this angst. And so they're marching and they're protesting and they're demanding and they're vitriol and they're politics and they're, you know, hate this guy and they hate that guy. And social media is rife with angry people. It's because they're bored. They're tired of it. And I think a lot of that's just going to go away once these vaccines kick in, once, once life starts returning back to normal. I worry um, about the uh, alarming statistics on depression and uh, the people who are, were already left behind uh, are even farther behind now. Um, it, it's so sad to put upon a, uh, a young family or a child uh, that they have to, to Zoom in in order to keep up in school and they don't have any Wi-Fi. Um, I hope we, we deal with these overwhelming problems. Uh, we hear it almost every day on, on NPR, uh, drug overdose, uh, a reliance on opioids it's growing across the nation we're we're going to have to get out of this abyss soon i i agree with you uh, you know we are living among the first generation in human history that gets its art and its music as a flat screen two-dimensional tiny little cell phone imitation of real life it's the first generation in human history that does that you know, the real three-dimensional organic presence of each other. You know, uh, people got used to the online thing. Now they're saturated with it, and I think folks are sick of it. And when this thing releases us, when the virus is solved and we get back to real life, I don't think people are going to want to be around a flat screen. They're going to want to be around each other. I think music venues are going to be packed. I think art galleries are going to be packed. I think festivals are going to be packed because people are desperate to get away from what they were used to. And now they're like, you know, that was convenient, but it ain't real. <laughs> exactly. Real. You know, we want yeah. real now. So I, I yeah. see a bright future. Well, that's good. That's good. Did you, um, as we, we lead up to uh, a break here and, and your opportunity to grab that guitar and, <laughs> and come back and, and uh, entertain us for a minute or two, um, did the uh, discovery of, of painting and, and the pandemic and your uh, wonderful uh, a cabin there in in uh, out in the woods with a uh, if if I could uh, establish the setting for the folks who are listening, uh, it it looks nice and warm and cozy with a a real fire uh, in, in the background. Yeah, that's that's it. Wood stove. I have to tell you that there have been occasions 
this uh, this year, this winter, when my wife and I have put uh, the fire crackling fireplace on YouTube. <laughs> Isn't that sad? Well, that's do, that, do, do you know that, how many <laughs> two dimension thing we were talking about? There's do you, do you know how many crackling fireplaces are on YouTube? It's amazing. You yeah. can get YouTube with Mike. You can get a crackling fireplace with Michael Bolton singing. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> well, fortunately, <laughs> we live on a, we live in Bourbon County. We're on seven acres and I have plenty of aging trees so I use felled lumber for my wood stove. So I, I'm busy, uh, you know, cutting logs and splitting firewood every every couple of weeks to keep the because we keep our fireplace going 24 seven. It's a very Kentucky thing. I mean, I lived in Knott County out way out in the mountains there in a little hamlet called Mousy. And even then I, I fell in love with the idea of heating home with firewood. And I I can't do any different anymore. <laughs> well, that's wonderful. So did, did, uh, your environment, uh, the pandemic, uh, your painting, did that contribute to a lot of what's in the new album? Uh, very much so. Uh, the whole album was written during the pandemic. Uh, I started to study Vincent van Gogh. I, I studied a lot of the painters, but I noticed that what, what made Vincent van Gogh so famous you know, you have Rembrandt and Michelangelo and, and people look at them and they're just amazed, but they can't do that and they know it. But you look at a Van Gogh and you think to yourself, I can try that. I might try to paint like that. And, and to me, Vincent Van Gogh is the equivalent to art, what Woody Guthrie and Bob Dylan are to music. What makes those two brilliant is their accessibility. And that's what Van Gogh was. He was accessible. His paintings were not overcomplicated. Brilliant, but there's simplicity in brilliance and brilliance in simplicity. And that's what Van Gogh was. So I, I didn't copy him, but I used his style as a mentorship. And I wanted to incorporate that in the songs. What a long-winded answer. I'm so sorry. No, 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 no. It's wonderful. No, I'm, I'm trying to understand that. Had you painted ever before? I did when I was when I was seventeen. Art was very important. I had a published cartoon strip in seventeen newspapers hmm. when I was a kid, and uh, so uh, you know, two years ago I came out with the Mousy Highway Children's book, which I completely illustrated myself. Hmm. So when the pandemic hit, and I'm like, you know, gosh, what are we going to do? Mm-hmm. Um, I thought, well, let me start oil painting. And uh, it, it is it is a a very relaxing thing. What surprised the tar out of me was people were buying the darn thing (laughs) okay we sold i think we sold 23 uh finished canvases in less than two months and how did you uh, did you display those online or did you have a a a live show or what no a live show you can't get together you can't do anything yeah i just posted them on a facebook page and (laughs) they were out there and People I didn't know from Can- Kansas and Texas and all over the yeah. place buying these paintings. I even made my own cedar frames for them. I, I see that in the background. Yeah. yeah let's uh, let's take a break here um, and uh, let you uh, go in and uh, fetch your guitar and and uh, think about uh, a song or two that that is appropriate for today. Um, I'm talking to 
uh, Michael Jonathan, uh, who is well known all over Kentucky and all over the world, uh, and was just presented the prestigious 2020 Milner Award uh, by the Kentucky Arts Council and the governor. And we're so proud that he's a friend of ours. It's going to be good to hear him uh, play the guitar after we hear this from Spalding University. Spalding University's affordable, nationally distinguished low residency MFA in writing offers excellent instruction in a compassionate, supportive community. Focus on your own area of concentration, explore across genres, and examine the interrelatedness of the arts. During one-on-one independent study, you'll write prolifically and receive expert feedback from your faculty mentor, developing the discipline to keep writing for life. Study fiction, poetry, creative nonfiction, writing for children and young adults, and writing for TV, screen, and stage. Learn more at spalding.edu slash schoolofwriting or email schoolofwriting at spalding.edu. We're joined again by uh, Michael Jonathan, who uh, has a new uh, album of uh, songs that uh, he has uh, put together, written, and um, the album will be out uh, soon. Um, and I would imagine, uh, Jonathan, you'll have to give us a an idea of how to get that album. But he, he's also been painting during the pandemic. You can set it up once again, uh, Michael, with a with an introduction of, um, of your own about how all of this, uh, last year songs painting have, uh, your own thoughts and, and feelings have, uh, contributed to what you're about to share with us. Well, the pandemic hit and I decided to uh, take up oil painting and we sold enough paintings to go into the recording studio and put out a new album called the painter. And the inspiration behind it was Vincent Van Gogh. And I wrote the title song, The Painter, and decided to make it sound, it's a completely original song, but I wanted it to sound similar to the famous song, Vincent Starry, Starry Night. And so The Painter starts the album and you go through the album. And then the last song on the album is Vincent Starry, Starry Night, the famous song. And we had a full string section and, Oh, wow. Wonderful. Yeah, yeah, it came out beautiful. To me, it came out beautiful. Um, So that, you know, that's the concept. And I thought, you know, it might be fun to just go ahead and play that song, Vincent Starry, Starry Night for everybody. Is is that all right? I I could play my own song, which is kind of, you know, a little self-grandizing. So I'm going to play somebody else's song. Starry, starry night Paint your palette blue and gray Look out on a summer's day With eyes that know the darkness in my soul Shadows on the hill Sketch the trees and daffodil Catch the breeze and winter chill in colors on the snowy linen land Oh, now I understand What you tried to say to me and How you struggled for your sanity and How you tried to set them free They would not listen, they did not know how 
I'm still listening. Starry, starry night. Flaming flowers brightly blaze. Swirling clouds and violet haze reflect in Vincent's eyes of china blue and colors changing hue. Morning fields of amber grain, weathered faces lined in pain, pursues beneath this artist's loving hand. Oh, now I understand what you tried to say to me, and how you struggled for your sanity. I tried to set them free. They would not listen. They did not know how. Absolutely now, for they could not love you. And still, your love was true. And when no hope was left in sight. On that starry, starry night, you took your life as lovers often do. Oh, but I could have told you, Vincent, this world was never meant for none as beautiful as you. Starry, starry night. Portraits hung in empty walls, frameless heads on nameless walls, with eyes that watch the world and can't forget all those strangers that you've met, all the ragged men in ragged clothes, the silver thorns and bloody roads, like crushed on the virgin snow and now I think I know what you tried to say to me how you struggle for your sanity how you tried to set them free they would not listen then I'd listen still perhaps they never win. Well, that's beautiful with our uh, tribute to Don McLean on the uh, on the podcast today. Uh, Pretty long, isn't it? Yeah, that's yeah what, it's beautiful. That's what, that's what ends the Painter album song. Like yeah. That. Well, I c- and and how will people be able to get uh, the new album, and and when will it be available, Michael? Yeah. Uh, as as far as this podcast um, airing, it uh, it's available now. Uh, you can go to michaeljonathan.com. If you spell my name right, you'll get there. <laughs> michaeljonathan.com, and you'll get there. You can connect me through woodsongs.com as well. Good. No. Well, you're um, a wonderful person. Well, you're a better person. I appreciate no, you. No, you're just uh, so talented and and you give so much and uh, this this uh you're so deserving of this award and and so many more and and uh, I would expect that you will get a few more um 
and good luck in 21 uh, and the rest of, uh, of your years. And um, we will stay in touch and, um, and think about you often. Well, I appreciate it. And uh, one thing that I'll give you uh, uh, an exclusive on, <laughs> as you know, I've been working on the, the story of Alice Lloyd for a long time. And I wrote the uh, motion picture script for Caney Creek, the movie. And if your your viewers and fans go to CaneyCreekMovie.com, uh, the motion picture script has been officially optioned for production. And so the story, the amazing story of Alice Lloyd and what she did in Kentucky and the passion and the brilliance of the Kentucky people that created something so amazing that was eventually saved on national television on NBC in 1955. It's an incredible story. And to me, Caney Creek is the dances with wolves of Appalachia. Mm. It's not the cliche um, hillbilly picture. This is this is about the raw power and beauty and passion of the mountain people and how amazing they are. And so I'm, I'm really excited that during this pandemic, among many other things, uh, Caney Creek has officially come to life as a motion picture. Well, that's wonderful. And we will take a look at that too. And uh, once again, thank you uh, so much for joining us today. And let's, uh, let's stay in touch uh, this year. Okay. You know, there's coffee and pie in a cafe in our future. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. And a front porch. Yes, on the front porch. You're welcome here to the log cabin anytime, Bill. All right. Thank you, Michael. Thank you very much. Think Humanities is a podcast from Kentucky Humanities, where we have been telling Kentucky's story for 49 years. Think Humanities is available at kyhumanities.org, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Join us next week for a new episode of Think Humanities.